Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and Revealed, a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell pre-loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Remy Lindsay joining us to chat all about her wedding day. So Remy, thank you for being on the pod. Thanks, Laura. I'm so excited to be chatting to you and reliving the wedding day. Oh my gosh. I know because your wedding, you got your beautiful wedding in pre the shit show that we have had over the last two years. So it's going to be really nice to go back to simpler times and chat all about your process. Yes. No, I'm so grateful. We got married October 2019. So right before, I think it was March 2020, right? When everything hit Australia with a vengeance. Um, So I am so grateful. I think it all the time, especially with all my friends um, getting married now and family members like over the last two years and having to postpone and reschedule. And I just think, oh gosh, I'm lucky. Like I'm so grateful that we just got in there. Oh, absolutely. So Remy, for those of you, I mean, obviously when your episode's released and all your beautiful photos drop, they'll know exactly, obviously who you are and what you're about, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, of course. So uh, my name is Remy Lindsay. That's my married name. My maiden name's Remy Quinlivan. And uh, I live in Sydney. I'm from the Gold Coast originally. Um, but I've been here for, gosh, probably maybe seven years now. And prior to that, I was living in um, LA and London, kind of between. Um, and I met my husband. We're both Queenslanders. Um, but we got married in Sydney in 2019. And um, I work, I'm the head of marketing at the Rubenstein Group, which is a real estate company. And I've been doing that for the last like sort of five years. But um, but yeah, I think that's sort of, it's hard to summarize yourself, isn't it? It is hard to summarize yourself. Absolutely. And so how, how did you guys, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met actually, um, my husband, Sonny, has lived in Sydney for quite a long time, probably the best part of 10 years. Um, but as I said, he is from Brisbane originally, and we both went to Bond University on the Gold Coast, actually, but we never met there, which is so strange. Um, and then years, yeah, so weird. That, and it's quite a small university for anyone that knows it. So it's kind of strange that we didn't meet. And we'd heard of each other. We had mutual friends, but we had actually never met. And I I did at uni, though, know his sister, Jasmine Lindsay, who uh, you've also had on your podcast, I believe, recently about at her wedding during COVID where we were lucky enough to be her witnesses. 
<laughs> oh, amazing. Yes, the beautiful Jasmine from Jasmine and Will, which is her brand as well. And we were just talking yes. offline that you are representing her gorgeous apparel. So, <laughs> yes, I'm wearing her cashmere robe now, which I'm living in lately. <laughs> I love that. I love it. But so I'd always heard of Sunny through Jasmine and um, because she was friends with one of my best friend, Shannon's older sister, Tiffany. And so I'd heard so much about her, but I was uh, about Sunny through him, uh, through her. Oh my God. Well, what a time, <laughs> baby brain. Um, <laughs> um, and so I had heard about him, but we didn't meet till years later. We He was home in Brisbane visiting his parents one weekend and I was visiting my best friend, Shannon, who lived in Brisbane at the time. And we, I never go to the races, but we oh. went to the races that day and we ran. In- Nothing good comes out of the races, does it? Like- I know. It was a huge day and it was a huge night and we met and kind of, I was moving to Sydney two weeks later. So then we went on our first date when I moved to Sydney and, um, and he always, says that I kind of like I guess like uh sold a different version of myself because it was such a big day and night we all partied all night and uh-huh. I never really partied uh-huh. so he's like you really sold me alive yourself <laughs> this is not who I am I do this once a year <laughs> exactly and he just got the one night a year when I was super fun <laughs> oh my gosh I love it and then so it was just it's you know what it's one of these things isn't it meeting through people who know people you're just so much more confident than walking into a bar at you know 18 and thinking that you're going to find your soulmate it's just so it's exactly. so different you kind of take out that you know they're good people because of who they know and you take out that I don't know is it like this is an old fashioned thing, but is it like a courtship? You know, you also, ta- you almost take out that process where it's like, okay, let's go through all your morals and make sure they align with me. And That's you kind true. of take all that out. And because I knew Sonny's sister already, I already knew like his family values and everything like that. And I already knew we were aligned in that way. So it kind of like, you know, hop skip like that section and yeah we already felt quite comfortable with each other and had so many mutual friends so it was it was really nice and I guess and then I was moving to Sydney as I said two weeks later which now he always loves to tell people that I moved to Sydney for him and I was like I was moving already (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, um, yeah so it was perfect and then we um dated I guess for a few years moved in together got engaged and um, yeah got married 2019 we've now been married uh yeah I guess like two and a bit years and just had our first child together and what is your baby's name? Because this is a freshies, four weeks old. Yes, so very new. Uh, his name is Rush William Lindsay. And uh, yeah, we just had him just before Christmas, which is so exciting. We came home from hospital on Christmas Day, which is really, really Oh, nice. wow. Oh, that's special. Hey. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it, was, it made it really oh, fun with our parents and things. That's so cool. That's so. How are you feeling? How are you going? You going good? Is he going well? 
I think I, yeah, I mentioned it to you last week. The sleep deprivation is real. I am, it's definitely a baptism by fire in that respect, but <laughs> but otherwise Rush is a great little sleeper and eater and it's good. And I think I said to you as well, Laura, I'm more the problem, like getting used to the broken sleep is oh, wild. Absolutely. But, and um, especially because your party ways is, you know, one night a year, this is this broken sleep and this lack of sleep is not something you usually do. Right. One of our um, best friends, actually, this is kind of random, but um, one of my best friends is um, Montana Pitt, who I think um, perhaps you might, might know as well. Oh, she had a yeah, divine we wedding. Um, yeah. So she was um, my bridesmaid and I was hers as well. And um, her husband said something really funny to us. He's, he's also one of my husband's best friends as well as mine, um, Nick Pitt. And he said, it's like a no fun bender. I was like, lol, that is the funniest way I've ever heard it just that is so true actually and it's like you wake up the next day and you're like I feel like I've had yeah I've got a hangover and I haven't drunk I haven't gone anywhere it's just it's just the baby oh my goodness but you know what once you kind of get into the swing of it I don't know if it gets any easier the sleep deprivation but you learn to I felt like I learned to accept it I'm like, okay. Seven years in, are you? I am. I'm seven years in. And do you know what? Still uh, still sometimes he pops his little head out at like if I'm working late and he'll pop his head out. I'm like, what are you doing here seven years later? Go to sleep. <laughs> Go to sleep. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Back to your wedding though because I could actually talk to you about kids and babies and everything to do with motherhood for that's for another pod this is a wedding pod but I love chatting to you about that because this is also real and I also feel like babies are now with COVID are now a real thing in the process of people getting married 100% and people have had to postpone and they've chosen to have a baby before they you know you don't even know if or when you can get married so hey it all relates it all relates so true a lot of uh like women and men they're choosing just to like if they're engaged have the baby now do the wedding later when we can have the people we want there and things like that yeah absolutely and this is the thing babies will not go to your schedule so if you would like you know them to arrive in this month they'll be like no thank you I do my own thing so you've got to you got to take it when you can get it Sunny, you guys had been together for a while. How did, um, how did, okay, this is a big assumption by me and I always do it, which I need to check myself. Did Sunny propose? And if so, how, like how, how did it all go down? Yes. So he proposed, um, Jeff at our apartment, actually, it was, um, we, I woke up one morning and he wasn't, like I couldn't find him in the apartment and I was kind of like laying in bed and I was like oh like where is he like so annoying and I yelled out I think I messaged him and I was like where are you and he's like oh I'm just and we were living in Double Bay at the time which we still do but at a different apartment and he said oh I'm just getting coffees and so we were flying to the Gold Coast that day just have a weekend with my family and he said and I said oh we're gonna be late for our flight like you know hurry home like you know I'll have this coffee or whatever and he sort of then came home and he like walked into the bedroom like with our coffees and a croissant on a breakfast tray which he never does (laughs) and then on the breakfast tray I was still laying in bed with like um the ring in a box which was really nice and I was like oh my gosh and 
and it was kind of funny because I was still like laying tucked in bed in my pajamas and he kind of <laughs> sat on the bed and you know I don't even know what he said you know like will you marry me and then after he proposed he I was like he's like oh I didn't get down on one knee should I get down on one knee and I was like oh okay yes and then he sort of like crouched next to the bed <laughs> it was so funny um it was just hilarious but then it was it was really fun to then be flying to the Gold Coast that day and um and you know to be able to celebrate and go out for lunch with my family and things like that which was great so yeah. and it was nice and low-key and private which is very very him and very myself as well so it was nice just at home the two of us do you know what that's when probably you know you go out to all these beautiful dinners or go on these incredible overseas holidays and that's when you expect things you know of course they would do it at you know in Positano oh we're at the Eiffel Tower of course you will and it's the ones that they get to sneak up and surprise you just in your own setting that you know are really special and still get that element of surprise yeah because I was so prepared at like other times, like like the year leading up to it, because I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, I would get married. I'm sure it's coming soon. And, yeah. you know, we went to like Hotel de Cap in the south of France. I like, you know, took really long, like getting ready. And I was like, make sure my makeup's perfect. My hair's perfect. Like we're definitely going to get engaged today. Oh, no, did not get engaged. <laughs> like, you know, we got a helicopter to Yering Station. I was like curling my hair. Today's the day. Um, jokes on me, not today. <laughs> It was yeah, so many times when I, like, you know, text my girlfriend, Mon, and I was like, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what it's like? Like you said, you're like hunkered down in bed. Your hair might be a bird's nest. Your nails might be chipped. And it's like, well, you know what? That's real life. You know, that's, exactly. That's I did not have my nails done. <laughs> Nothing was ready. Like I was like. <laughs> I literally was wearing even, I don't even think I was wearing my like token jasmine and wheel because I'd put tanning on the night before to go to the Gold Coast. I was wearing like some old rag and bone t-shirt because I was like, I don't want to get tanning on my jasmine and wheel. Like, you know, I was like, this is not the vibe, but it was perfect. It was perfect (laughs) nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And so, okay. So, you know, you were flying to, to Queensland you kind of could just live in the moment a little bit. You had something you were already going to do and it would have just allowed you to like really enjoy that engagement time. I think a lot of people fly through and um, I don't know, they get, you know, you get engaged and you get hit with a hundred questions. And so you freak out and you have to think if you have to start planning and, and rush all these things through. But what from from being engaged to then starting the process – how did you how did you go about it? Did you, you know, knowing obviously being in the industry and the role that you're in, you've got a really good idea of aesthetically and event-wise how things should be and look and feel and run and, um, you know, how did you start it? So I have um, prior to working in um, – for Gavin in my role currently, which is I've done lots of events for him and lots of planning, lots of travel, lots of that's a lot of my um role. I worked in PR as well in events. So I was kind of familiar with how everything was run, you know, doing the run sheet, the suppliers, kind of knew everyone I would want. And um Sunny and I from pretty much day dot, we knew we wanted to have a wedding locally in Sydney because we had been to this is such a pre-COVID problem. We'd been to so many destinations 
renovation weddings and we were just kind of like oh gosh like you know I know isn't that funny to talk about now Uh, again jokes on us um but we were like don't want a destination we don't want to have to travel we just want to be able to wake up well you know one of us wake up in our house or wake up in a hotel nearby like go to the like the wedding everything be kind of a bit easier we didn't want that so we were looking at all sort of Sydney locations we looked at um uh, we're both really decisive so it was kind of an easy process when we sort of like the weeks after a month after we got engaged we looked at a few uh private homes around Sydney and like Darling Point and things like that we thought oh we could get married there and but then we were kind of like oh gosh you know you have to bring in the kitchen bring in the bathrooms and I was kind of like is it some of these private homes they don't um, like you should use their restrooms you'd have to bring in like port and I just yeah. was like I do not want a port at my wedding no. um, that's where yeah. I draw the line <laughs> um, and so <laughs> and then uh, just the next step was like okay hotel kitchens done restrooms done like hotels easy so then I called the Intercontinental in Double Bay which is really close to our house and um, saw their available dates and the next thing I we knew we wanted we wanted to get married on a long weekend to have that kind yes. of holiday feel for everyone yes. um and then the nearest long weekend was the October long weekend in 2019 so we just booked that in uh well actually there was the Friday and Saturday was available and then in the time that I had kind of quickly called both our parents to check that that Saturday worked um some uh, another bride had booked and paid the deposit on the Saturday so when I called back the only the Friday was available so I quickly booked and did that absolutely Um, and that was Yeah, so that was kind of, we, we're really sort of quick decision makers and we locked that in and then from there kind of it just was like going through the list of everything you kind of need to lock in and I uh, had worked previously with Benita Cam from BNT um, Management, a wedding planner and event planner and so I um, contacted Benita and I was like, Benita, will you help me plan my wedding? And kindly she agreed so we um I just met with her a couple times and we both we'd both worked at done events together before so we really banged it out easily quickly and yeah amazing amazing and do you know what it's one of those things isn't it I think I mean I know as a planner my 90% of my clientele are referrals whether it be from other industry vendors, past clients or people that I've worked within a space that you just work really well together. And I think it gives you that comfortability factor that allows you to be yourself, allows you to say no when you need to. And that way you get, you know, the best of what you're going to get. And it's directed specifically at you and Sunny as a couple. So true, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so the process would have been, I mean, there's always little hiccups, but the process would have been quite smooth with all your background and everything that you knew. So that is, you know, a really big positive stepping into the space. What is always an anomaly because you never really know is your dress. You could walk in and think that, okay, this is what I'm going to do, but you don't, or you could walk in and say, I've got no idea. And it's the first thing you put on. So your dress was just, it was beautiful. It was elegant. It was classic. It was timeless. How did you know walking into the dress and design purchase process that that was what you were going to wear? 
I sort of, well, I'm glad you said sort of classic and timeless because that is definitely was my vision and that's what I aspired to achieve. And um, I definitely didn't want anything too sort of sexy or revealing um, because I got married in a church prior to my reception being at the Intercontinental. So I sort of wanted everything really classic and sort of like, I guess I am do kind of err on the side of a bit more conservative. Um, And my mother... And I went to Helen Rodriguez just as our first kind of stop because, um, as I mentioned, my girlfriend Montana, she um, purchased her beautiful imbal draw dress from there. And so I thought, okay, Helen, great, I'll pop there. And I honestly, I tried on three dresses and the Monique Lulia dress that I ended up wearing was one of the three. And my mother and I just said, we were like, gosh, that's, you know, kind of perfect. It's exactly what I envisioned. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, this is too easy though. Like this can't be, you know, (laughs) it can't be the third dress I try on, you know, on the first shop I go to. And so I was like, oh, do you know what? Give me like a, you know, overnight just to sleep on it before I lock it in. And then we kind of went home, woke up the next morning. I spoke to my mother and we just thought, you know what, if it feels right, it's right. Why try and reinvent the wheel, you know? And so I called up, you know, we purchased the dress and um, that was that. And then it took a bit, you know, dresses take so long to come as well. Like I think that was the year prior and um, my dress only arrived into Australia four weeks before my wedding. And then because I was so busy with work, um, I kept cancelling every fitting that I had and only ended up trying it on the week before the wedding. So that is tight. (laughs) Yes, it was very tight. I was like cutting it very fine. Um, One of my girlfriends that I work with, Shani, she was like, I'm not letting you cancel another fitting. You have to go try this dress on. Like I am getting nervous for you. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I will. (laughs) And could you, do you think, because you mentioned before, and it's funny that you mentioned it because I've got a three rule within my business. Um, If you don't find it on the third go, your first option and first choice was number one. Did you find, and you've just mentioned that as well with your dress. Did you find that, those were the kind of decisions that you consistently made. You kind of had two or three options and you always found what you wanted within those options. I completely agree with you, Laura. I think if you give yourself too many, like, you know, options or go too deep into anything, then you just kind of overwhelm and confuse yourself. Like your instincts are sort of normally correct in the first few times. And, you know, if you're like, oh, you know, I like, this venue, this venue, this venue, like, you know, kind of like, so I was looking at private houses and hotels in Sydney. Like if I then thought, oh, you know, why don't I just for fun start looking at, you know, destination locations like islands, then, you know, it's too much. You overwhelm yourself and, you know, stick to your guns and your initial three. I like your idea of that three rule. I think that's spot on. I don't know. I feel like with this process, uh, brides and grooms, they don't trust their gut as much as they should. I think that you get a feeling whether or not it's meeting your planner for the first time or walking into your venue for the first time or putting your dress on for the first time. You get a really, you get a feeling one way or the other. And I sort of, like you said, the more choices, the harder it becomes. And then you actually end up making no choice. Exactly. You get so overwhelmed that you're like, you know what, I'll put this on the back burner for another day. 
Whereas totally. if you kind of eat the frog, which is, you know, something that I kind of live by, I'm like, okay, I've got to make this decision now. Like trust your intuition and choose what feels right. And as well, I did keep in mind as well, like no one cares as much about like, you know, the invitation as I do do and you know no one's gonna frame it after um so I'm the only one really keeping a copy and maybe you know my parents and my husband's parents like I don't even think my husband really looked at it um so you know you kind of put so much pressure on you and I I do on yourself and I kind of live by that rule like no one cares as much about me as I care about me you know no one's going home thinking about what Remy wore to that party you know I'm the only one that cares so you know you just gotta put everything into perspective a bit like that god it's that societal pressure though isn't it it's that constant you know pressure that we put on ourselves it's wild and keep that in mind when you're raising that beautiful babe of yours completely off topic because you will think all these things and so many thoughts will go through your head, but you are doing a much better, amazing job than I think that ever parents give themselves credit for. Oh, thanks, Laura. No, that's good to keep in mind as well because I guess so many people, yeah, you could start comparing yourself like, oh, is my baby doing that or, oh, you know, my child up to that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, Remy, through this process, did you find any particular supplier or any part of the process challenging at all? Was there a part that really stumped you? Ooh, stumped me. Um, not so much. I'm just trying to think. Not really stumped, I guess. We had like certain things that we were kind of sticklers on, like uh, the alcohol. We um, really wanted to bring our own alcohol for our reception and things like that because we wanted it to be really beautiful champagne and things like that, not just like the wedding packages that were provided for the hotel, which are also great, but it was just something that uh, we really wanted to be uh like you know just like the champagne I love and um things like that because I'm a big champagne drinker I love champagne and you know the alcohol at the bar we wanted you know Casamigos tequila we wanted Perrier Jouet champagne and things like that and do you know what we actually bought so much champagne Laura I can't even tell you um (laughs) we bought like hundreds of bottles that in fact I still have some in our storage case like years on and we're and it's not like I'm saving it. Like we are drinking it a lot. Like we had quite a few bottles on Christmas day. It's just crazy that we are still chipping our way through it. We're getting towards the end of it, <laughs> but um, we still have some left over. It's insane. We really over, over budgeted there. Um, anyway. <laughs> Do you know what? It's better to have more than less though. Exactly. And that was one of my biggest fears because I had been at weddings where they, you know, run out early in the Mm. evening and they're like, oh, no more champagne. Like we really didn't realize how much people would drink. But I guess we had the almost opposite. There were lots of pregnant women at my wedding as well which I didn't really take into consideration um so we're at the other end of the spectrum which is quite funny but um yeah like just certain elements that we were stickers on like my husband had certain things you know really wanted our wedding recovery to be on the roof top of the intercon so we like you know had to kind of work that in to make that happen with so many people and you know things like that like I really wanted um like little sliders and fries to go out kind of towards the end of the wedding little things like that that I just wanted to like make happen but nothing really that went wrong otherwise we were like kind of we're quite uh, relaxed we're quite flexible like things yeah so things like that 
Oh, amazing. I'm not sure if that answered properly. No, no, it did because do you know what? And I think it's one of these things and one of the reasons that Andy and I did start this podcast was that Instagram is your highlight reel, correct? And it's really nice to chat to people and say who, you know, others who could be going through the process looks at so many incredible, amazing images and looks and styles and that comparative thing and I think it's just one of those things that it's like hey it was the most amazing day but guess what this is reality and things can sometimes go wrong or guess what yeah and definitely things didn't go to plan yeah there were a few things that you know like even now um uh we had like order of services printed for the church and you know I had followed exactly what the kind of the church had given me for the order of service and the hymns and things and then on the day our priest who was fabulous but he kind of went a bit you know rogue and he actually did everything back to front so we ended up kiss like kiss the bride as soon as we sort of got there as soon as I got to the top of the aisle we did our vows and that was it done so I was kind of thinking two minutes in I was like is our wedding done and then he backflipped it and did then the rest of the ceremony after that. And so it was so funny. And then, you know, my poor wedding planners, they didn't know what was going on. So then we were playing the music back to front as well. Like it was just, but it was kind of hilarious and funny. And then even walking down the aisle with my father, like we, the church ceremony had flowers on mass, which was amazing that didn't as well budget in how big my dress was. So we could bet there was, you know, we had beautiful flowers on either end of the aisle walking down on either side of the aisle, but my dad and I could barely fit walking down it. It was just so funny. So it was kind of a tight (laughs) squeeze, you know, little things like that. And like, and also I remember being like to the, to the hotel, I was like, you know, and I just want to confirm, like little, weird little things that we all have. I was like, you know, they're slight at, at the start when we're also like, you know, the bread and butter, um, like they're going to be like slices of baguette or like butter or whatever, right? There's not going to be like dinner rolls. Mm. Like I remember vividly saying that like the day before the wedding, you're not going to serve like dinner rolls, like, you know, those frozen looking white dinner rolls, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. There'll be slices, like weird things. And then I get there and I look on the tables and there's dinner rolls. No. But, you know, by that point, you're like, whatever, give me a champagne as if I care. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is a very real Sounds really funny, but that is a very real request. It's like, can we just like up the ante? These four for, you know, four rolls for $4 from Coles is not cutting the mustard for my reception. Thank you. Exactly. And you kind of look down and you're like, well, that's hilarious. And I think my husband was there and like he barely went to any meetings because he's not really phased on things like that. He's happy to let me run and do everything. But he was at, I think, that um, the wedding meeting the day before where we were just going through final details and where I said like, oh, just confirming like this is just a random thought I had in the middle of the night, like no dinner rolls, right? And then he looked at the dinner rolls and looked at me at the, you know, the wedding ceremony <laughs> and he was like, hilarious. <laughs> he finds all that stuff pretty funny anyway (laughs) (laughs) so so Remy leading on from that tell us about your day so your ceremony was obviously in a church a little bit back to front but guess what you still legally got married and that's the main thing um and then what did you guys do from then on did you just describe the day the rest of the day for us yeah so we um 
got married in a church in Rose Bay and then we actually drove, uh, Sunny drove my sister-in-law, his sister Jasmine Lindsay's vintage Mercedes. Um, we had like a just married sign with beautiful flowers mm-hmm. on the back of it. Um, yes. We drove that from the church just by ourselves um, to the hotel, which was really nice, like, just to have that moment. It was one of the highlights of the day for sure, just he and I, you know, no driver even in the front. It was just a sunny driving the car and us leaving together and we could really just talk and be like, oh, my gosh, we're married and the ceremony and did you see that and did you see him and did you see, you know, things like that and yeah. we were able to sort of talk, which was a really nice little moment, just the two of us, uh, which was fun driving back and I definitely recommend that to anyone to have that little moment if they're, you know, husband or fiancé is keen on, you know, driving um, themselves and then when we got to the uh the hotel we went up and we met our bridal party and just had some little photos with everyone in the courtyard of the hotel which was uh, my photographer Bailey Betelago which was she was absolutely amazing I said to her you know I don't want to spend too long on photos I I my favorite part of most weddings is sort of the drinks before yes. this reception because oh I think gosh. that's so fun everyone's fun time. Mix, isn't it fun Laura yeah. yeah and everyone's mixing and mingling and buzzing and excited for the night ahead but then talking about the ceremony and you know I think don't you agree that's like one of the most fun yeah. parts absolutely and do you know what I think it's one of the most forgotten about parts for a couple as well if you speak to many photographers they're going to say limit your time during pre-dinner drinks for photos we'll go out again later at sunset enjoy it with your guests like it is a very underrated time of a wedding so many people miss it. So many brides and grooms do miss that time because yes. they're taking all their photos then before the ceremony, or before the reception. And I, that was something I did not want to miss. I was like, no, I really want to be there with all our friends and family. So we did photos pretty quickly, which is, you know, a quick game's a good game to me. I don't, didn't want to, you know, take too long and they're, they're kind of fun they're so candid you know we just took big bridal party photo and then um all our bridal party went up to the distillery bar and enjoyed cocktails and then we Sunny and I took a couple extra ones didn't spend too long on it and then we went up and joined everyone which was absolutely amazing and then something so our um you're sorry your reception I'm just remembering back to the bread roll saga so it was a sit-down reception yes <laughs> It was. It was a sit down. Um, and I, another thing that I just personally really wanted, um, I really wanted round tables. Yeah. Um, I think we had like, oh gosh, I'm trying to think maybe, maybe 10. We had like 125-ish people, I think, in the end. Um, so, you know, we had say 12 round tables of 10 um about that and um I really wanted round tables just because I feel like it really aids conversation and you know everyone feels really included no one's on the end and things like that so we had that which was really fun and then just the bridal party was on a long rectangular table um uh near the in the center of the dance floor like that was just something I really wanted everyone to be able to chat and chat over the flowers have the flowers and the candles low and you know, just because it's kind of difficult sometimes when you go to these weddings and they look so beautiful and the table's stunning, but you can't talk to anyone. Yes. So that was what I really wanted. Yep, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And there are, there's all those little things that, um, yeah, when when you're stuck on an idea, you have to push them through because you'll be so happy that you did make the choice and make sure you had it. 
Yes, I was so happy about that. And something else that um, our, I think the wedding planner at the hotel recommended, which was really nice, was kind of while everyone was, while all our guests were uh, commuting from the distillery bar through to our ballroom, yeah. um, the bridal party and like my new husband and I, we went and sat in sort of like a little room near the ballroom and we had just um, some canapes and drinks just for kind of 20 minutes and we all yeah. just had like a bit of a powwow and um, Mia, my makeup artist and head, she did my hair and makeup for the wedding. Um, she was in there and just kind of touched us all up a little bit. And it was kind of fun to have that moment again with our bridal party as well, because of course they're all our best friends. So that was really yes. great. And then then we went and joined everyone in the ballroom. But it was really great to have that little room just to have the powwow. Oh, yeah, that would have been. And you know what? It would have been a little bit grounding and made you realise, oh, my God, we've done it. Like we've actually done it. This is amazing. Yeah. You know? And then for me, because I wasn't doing the speech, like, you know, all the hard parts were over. Then it was only kind of uh, uh, my my father, Sonny, my husband, our best man and my maid of honour, they were, all had speeches. Um, but I chose not to speak because I just sort of didn't want to, you know, any admin. Um <laughs> <laughs> on the night and um so I was like oh give me a champagne best oh night ever. like we can just relax the church is over with ah <laughs> uh, it's your time to shine girl <laughs> yes exactly so it was so, so much fun Amazing. <laughs> and and so you were there did you have being at the intercontinental was it like a, a late checkout like did you have a late party did you have to go anywhere else if it were finished early for you we, I think we were set to finish at midnight. Everything was set to finish at midnight. But then, of course, everyone was having so much fun that um, my husband actually ran around to our wedding planner kind of, you know, a little bit before midnight. And he's like, do you think we could ask all the suppliers, you know, if we could just like, you know, pay them to stay another hour and, you know, check with the hotel. And um, and then everyone said yes, shockingly. So then we ended up everyone staying another hour. And we stayed till one and, and it was just so fun. Then by the end, it was, you know, kind of more of our intimate friend group and we were just um, dancing and drinking. And I wore these uh, two uh, pearl Karen Wolf headbands, which were actually um, Mia had like done a little braid underneath my hair and kind of stitched them into the braid to stay secure. So then kind of like towards the end of the night, one of my girlfriends who'd flown in from LA because my bridesmaid, Sophia, she was like, like, I was kind of, she had scissors that she'd gotten from one of the waiters and she was like cutting them out of my hair. Because I was like, I'm just not going to be able to do this when we go up to go to bed. Like, and I'm not sleeping in these pearl headbands. And so, you know, it was just kind of fun and relaxed having a champagne her hacking my hair with scissors um (laughs) that was a good little memory (laughs) that's what friends are for yes (laughs) exactly so no it was so fun there's all these funny it's kind of nice talking about it with you Laura as well because I'm kind of reliving all these fun little things that I forgot (laughs) yeah it's so good and I think we can get bogged down so much in the day-to-day stuff And it's really nice to relive it. It's nice to hear it because I know that so many brides and grooms will be looking forward to being able to experience, um, you know, the same feelings and emotions that you guys, that has been sort of on hold for two years and you guys got to experience in 2019. So to get people excited again, I think is really important. 
I feel like, yeah, this year is the year for all those brides and grooms and to have their dream weddings again. So it's really exciting. For sure, for sure. Now, Remy, no real disasters. Sounds like there were no real disasters that had happened. Is there anything apart from the dinner rolls, which... You know what? Like, I I feel that annoyance. Like, that would have absolutely annoyed me too. <laughs> it's the little things, guys. Come on. But um, it's the little things. But is there anything now that you've gone through the process and, you've you know, you've been able to sit on it for a few years and we change as people and our desires and our aesthetic changes, is there anything that you kind of look back on your wedding and say – I probably didn't need that. Or is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, Do you know there isn't anything I would have done differently? I think because I really stuck to my true personal style and I also um, didn't really go with any trends and I kept it very traditional, very classic. So I think that's why I'm able to look back on my wedding and not regret anything or not be like, oh, gosh, you know, wish I didn't do hot pink, a hot pink bouquet because that was in vogue that season. Or, you know, I think I really sucked to traditional classic aesthetics. So I think from that perspective, I would kind of, you know, and I really love going to weddings that are very on trend and in vogue and really cool. Um, but I think for myself personally, I was like, I just knew I wanted to stick more classic. And I, I would recommend that to people who are of that same vibe of, to myself to kind of err on the side of more classic and timeless and you kind of don't want to look back on your wedding dress and think oh that was really cool at the time but you know I die looking at that now like you know like probably some brides of the 80s feel about you know (laughs) like Like I look at my mum's wedding dress I'm like the taffeta and the sleeves I'm like big sleeves are in now but not necessarily with that taffeta (laughs) mum yeah Exactly. And it's, it's so funny because I look back on my mother's and father's like wedding photos and weirdly my mom's wedding dress isn't too dissimilar to mine, like had just white satin, bow at the back, um, V-neck, which is funny, hers was long sleeve, but I'm like so interesting, like, you know, obviously like mother, like daughter, but, um, you know, timeless is always a great option, but, you know, I say that, but then, you know, I look at these really cool like weddings and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is fantastic. So each to their own. Each to their own. Well, Remy, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. It was so nice to chat about your day. Um, Best of luck with your little baby. Really, really amazing. And you know what? I'm not sure if our listeners are like me, but I am desperate to know when season two is out a billion dollar listing. I know. Well, we do you know what? We finished filming um, recently, and so I was the size of a house, um, <laughs> pregnant um, on season two. But I'm actually, do you know, I'm not sure when it airs. I'll have to check with um, the Lux Listings team and Gavin and get back to you. But there is a season two, so oh, that's, the, that's the exciting super, thing. Super and no, yeah, yeah. It just, do you know what? It gets me through those late night invoicing times very excited yes oh my gosh I am the biggest reality tv fan I am like a miss real housewife so <laughs> I I get it so I love it and I love watching Gavin on like with things I think it's super fun oh, <laughs> it's amazing well thank you so much Remy you have just the most oh, thank you. 
amazing wedding. Thank you for joining us and um, best of luck with everything. Thanks for letting me relive it. It was so fun.